You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on promoting Black unity worldwide through conversations that help us understand ourselves and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bridge to You podcast. I'm your host, Monique Russell. Today in my guest chair, I have someone who is a marketing digital brand guru. In the world of branding, entertainment, media, and film, this guy is literally a standout from top to bottom, Nick Nelson. I call him Nick Nell. He is innovative with strategy and all things brand management. Remarkable is really the word that's used to describe him. He's the founder and CEO of Brandpreneur, a marketing firm and agency that helps you get noticed. But I'm not going to tell you all the amazing things and places and people who've had the pleasure to work with Nick Nell and his agency because I just don't want to cloud the message from the status. Let me just go ahead and welcome him to the show. Nick Nell, welcome. Thank you, Monique. I appreciate you. I'm a big fan and I'm honored to be uh, on your show today. So we get to learn a little bit about the man behind the brand. Nick, I always ask my guests the first question. If you could choose to be anywhere in the world right now, where would you choose to be and why? If I could be anywhere in the world, I probably would choose to be 10 or 11 years old back at home. (laughs) And let me explain to you why. There's something to be said about just the comfort of home. Um, Now having both parents who are deceased and uh, recently about a year or so ago, selling the family home because, you know, just didn't need it anymore. It was just getting too much, you know, trying to take care of it from a distance, et cetera. I find myself in this position in life where, although I do have my home, don't get me wrong, But there is something to be said about that special place that is always going to be your first home, right? The place where you grew up, where you have, you know, 18 or so years worth of memories, where it's the place where you foundationally learn what love looks like, what leadership looks like, where you found yourself playing, you know, outside with neighbors, et cetera. If I could have that feeling uh, again, I think that would be the thing. You know, I've traveled all over. So, you know, going to different places and things of that nature, that's cool. But I'm one, especially as I mature and I get older in life, I tend to appreciate those places where I feel like uh, I can be myself, I feel safe, and I feel loved. Wow. That's definitely a first. I don't think anyone, well, I know no one on the show has said that they would go back to their 10 or 11 year old self and go to their original home. 
And what I love about what you said, what jumped out is, you know, going back to that place where you learn about what love and leadership is like. A lot of us have not had those experiences where those lessons around love and leadership were first and foremost and center. But I heard you talk a little bit about this in your book, Tuned In. You talk about what it means for men to tune into their career and their family. And I'm thinking about this 10 or 11 year old boy, and I'm seeing the connection and the parallel about why is this so important to you? Tell me a little bit about that book and what was the impetus for it? Yeah, really, really what the book was, I found myself a point in life, you know, at around 45 years old, you, you hit the mid, I mean, like the midlife crisis thing is real. And you find yourself- Tell the truth, you, you know you're 40. Stop. Let me tell you something. October 11, I will be 40, 49 years old, one year what? old. I promise you. We need the anti-aging secret. Hey, hey, it's, it's, uh, it's living on purpose and doing what you love, right? I tell people, I tell people, some of you can't see, but I haven't grayed yet in my beard. I don't put any dye or anything like that. And I, I'm team no stress. You know, if, if I'm stressing, I'm stressing about um, how can I do more? How can I have more impact? What am I not doing? Uh, what's the next thing? And that's, that's a blessing and a curse. I never really live in the now. I always live in the next. What's next? What's next? What are we doing next? Where are we going next? But to answer your question, about 45 years old or so, I came into an intersection in life where, okay, my father had you know, passed away. My mother has dementia. I'm now trying to figure out how to take care of a running family and run a major you know, agency at the same time. Uh, I had an agency by the name of Liquid Soul, and we were you know, 40 plus staff and national campaigns with major companies, et cetera. And I found myself at a point where I was frustrated because all I wanted to do was be creative. I didn't want to manage staff anymore. I didn't want to have, you know, all of the responsibilities associated with being a chief marketing officer of an agency. I wanted to be able to challenge myself and solve a different problem. And I knew that problem was, you know, rooted in me uh, having to, to just see where I am now. I tell people about every four years you graduate. And what I mean by you graduate is you have to take inventory of yourself and say, who am I today? And so around that time frame, I did that. And who I was today was I was a person that had spent a lot of time building a career, but my son was getting older. You know, I was over a decade in marriage and I needed to slow down for a second and I needed to reinvent. And so that's exactly, you know, how Brandpreneur was born out of that desire of me saying, it's time to reinvent. It's time to do something different. It's time to solve a different problem. It's time to live on purpose. My father, he founded the Black Studies Department at Ohio State University. He's one of the founders of the Black Studies Movement. And uh, when he passed away, he had people from all over the world coming in and just saying how much of an impact he had. And it was at that moment, I was like, okay, you know what, whenever it's time for me to close my eyes and my job here on Earth is done, I want to be able to have a legacy. A legacy is more than buildings. It's more than you know, it's more than all of that. It's, it's people that, who can tell the story uh, of you. It's you having things that have existed here on earth that, that people can point back to. Is you making a difference? And so I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm about to make a difference, not just with people, but with Black people, because that's what 
I'm passionate about. That's who I care about. That's who I connect with. That's who need me the most. That's how I was raised. I was raised in a home where being black and proud was the thing, right? And I don't know how to be any other way. Mm, I was going to ask you, like, what made you just decide to work with black folk? But I see you were entrenched. Oh, yeah. yeah. He probably was walking around with your diaper talking about black power. <laughs> it was a thing, like literally. Man, okay. And so the thing is, what I love so much about your whole story and your reinventing into brandpreneurs, like when you say, you know what, it's time to solve a different problem. And when you talk about this different problem and you're focused on working with only Black people, the problem of not being seen and, and not getting noticed is something that you help them to address with your creativity, your marketing, your strategy, your agency. I want to draw the parallels to the show because, you know, this show is about understanding and Black unity as well. And if unity was the brand project, unity among Black cultures, if unity was the brand project and we needed this narrative to be noticed or to get more noticed, what would be the first approach? How would you tackle this problem? The first approach would us to be to stop necessarily competing with one another. The thing that I've learned is that it's through collaboration, not competition. It's through mutual understanding. It's interesting, Black people here in the States and Black people abroad, very different, very different. There is systemic racism, even amongst our own culture, that has just truly existed. You look at people in the continent of Africa and you look at them and how they look at us in the States, there is a misunderstanding. You look at black people in Europe and uh, how they look at us in the States, there is a misunderstanding. We are all natives of a different land. And if we would just work together and understand, first of all, we have all been victims of some sort of prejudice, right? Racism, systemic racism. We should not be prejudiced against each other. It was funny, I was watching School Days a couple of days ago, and I look at that in a whole light skin, dark skin. If we would just put some of this stuff aside and say, you know what, we need to learn how to just work together. Uh, even on the business side, the problem that I've seen with many Black people working together is it's always, who's going to run it? I'm going to run it. It's collaboration. It's a collaboration and establishing a mutual understanding among all of us that we need to work together. Those cultures that have been able to work together uh, accomplish more. It's not about owning everything. It's about ownership. Don't get me wrong. But I don't need to own everything. Give me a piece of a lot of stuff. You know, and I'm good, but I would tackle that problem by, first of all, getting us to understand that we are not as different as we sometimes think we are, and then we need to learn how to collaborate as opposed to compete. I love that. And I like the way you use the word misunderstanding, because those are some of the things that we addressed on the show, too. The colorism aspect, you know, just a misunderstanding from both sides, all parties involved. We have blind spots that we just don't know. And I remember you had said in one of your videos about how it's important for us to not just see with our eyes. It was important for us to 
manage our perceptions. That's what you said, manage our perceptions. You were talking about branding, but in this context of managing our perceptions about Black people, Black cultures, I want to hear your experiences because you work with Black people all day, every day, and you've had connections and experiences with um, multiple Black cultures. So what has been your experience in terms of managing your own perceptions among Black cultures? Did you start off with some inaccurate misunderstandings? How did you get to a place of understanding or vice versa? I got to a place of understanding when I was about 10 or 11. And um, I took my first international trip to the continent of Africa. And I remember it to this day, man, it was just so vivid. I'm on an airplane and all black pilots, all black crew, everybody black. And I had never seen anything like that before. And what I gained was an understanding of just the greatness of us as a people and how I didn't see that same greatness in the States. And it gave me a sense of empowerment that, that I, I guess, I guess I learned at an early age in terms of we can do anything that we are an amazing people that we add value, that we can accomplish the same thing as anybody else. And so when I look and I work with people, various shades of complexions, but of all color, the thing that I try to get them to understand is the power that they do have and possess. They don't have to dim their light. The problem that I see oftentimes is that it's a few different things. It's I don't want to miss out on money. I have to be a certain way. I don't want to, you know, mess up my money. Let me tell you, the power of you is in who you are. You being authentic, right? Your authenticity, your background, your culture, et cetera. There have been other people that have paid that price. Don't think you still have to pay that price, right? Mm -hmm. There have been other people that have paved the way so that we can be our natural Black authentic selves. And the reason why I work with Black people and people of color is because they need to understand that. Many times you have to give people permission. All they need is permission. You mean I can actually? Yes, you can. You mean that there are others? Yes, there are. I can do that too? Absolutely. I should do that? I've been saying that all along. That's where we're at. And so your Blackness is your superpower. So as I go in, and I talk to all of these individuals, I just help them to understand that. Man, you've had people that's trying to be you for, for centuries. They've tried to imitate you. They've tried to dress like you. They've tried to, you know, do everything that you're doing. You just need to walk in your power. And once you walk in your power, you actually become powerful. Mm. Nick, Mike, drop. Listen, okay. Your blackness is your super power, Okay. Your blackness is your superpower. And sometimes we have to activate that superpower through exposure. What I heard you say was you were blessed, man. At 10 to 11 years old, you had that exposure that kind of crushed or, you know, challenged any preconceived notions or misunderstandings or misinterpretations or perceptions about people on the continent. And I think that that is so powerful. And I agree around the whole aspect of travel. Now, 
for those that are listening, I want to make sure that if you're listening up to this point, you are catching what Nick is dropping because there are so many gems. I'm taking so many notes. Listen, first of all, you have to ask yourself, who am I today? You have to do a constant reevaluation of yourself. And here's the thing, as Black people focus on understanding and unity, you have to ask yourself from time to time, it may be time to solve a different problem. Maybe the problem you started off with is not the problem that you're going to continue, you know, for the rest of your life. And that's a-okay. The way to break in those barriers is through collaboration. Stop the competition and focus on the collaboration. And just remember, your Blackness is your power. We got to go back to when you were traveling to the continent and everything was blackity black, black up in the space, pilots, stewardess, everything. I mean, you had a black overload. That's what it sounded like. So tell me, where did you go? What country did you go to? We went to uh, Nigeria and the Ivory Coast. Ooh, I know you told us about just all the visuals, but what is one thing that stood out the most to you from each country? Number one was the people. There was, it was so much speed, right? You know, people think of like New York as being fast paced or what have you. Man, New York ain't had nothing on the speed in which these people were moving, and they were going. <laughs> and just the interaction and the beauty in terms of how they interacted with, with one another and the respect. We even had a young man who was a tour guide and he worked with us and he would take us around. Man, we, we stayed in the homes of kings. And I remember, and I even have pictures of myself in front what? of- Wait, 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 Nick. Wait, 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 wait. Little young Black Nick Nell was in the home of kings at 10 and 11. Absolutely. And we, we stayed there. I mean, you know, just the wealth that they had, man. It was just amazing. The food. I remember I was, you know, at a, at a dinner and I had some African food and I thought I was about to lose my mind. It was so daggone spicy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the experience. It was the experience of, you know, random blackouts, right? It just be random blackouts. And, they, you know, they last for about 10, 15 minutes. Then the lights come back on again, right? But all of that gave me an appreciation for just the culture and the beauty of what the continent was. Right. And still is, you know, the 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 color. I remember the color, you know, the thing that you will see about African and Caribbean people is they love and live in color. Right. I think sometimes you're in the States, we're too muted. And, you know, just the, the, the beauty of it all, the water, right, the food, the freshness, it was all of that. And it just gave me an appreciation of this is what it means to be Black. Ooh. When I look at, you know, the impact that it had, you know, the person you see today was birthed. And, and what, what you'll notice, even with your own self, money, between the 10 to 15-year-old time frame is when you are built. Literally, your whole being is being built. Your belief system, your values, what you think, Everything, who you are, is being built within that time frame. And it, and it impacts and it directs your entire life. I promise you it does. The reason why I know this is because I've had way too many conversations with way too many people around, you know, what are they trying to do and a lot of how they were built. 
and what made them who they are today happened between around 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. That's when it happened. You are so right on so many levels. And that's why it was so surprising when you said you would want to go back to 10 to 11 year old, because a lot of people don't don't have that as something that they would want to go back to, because sometimes there is a lot of trauma that's carried over or there's some unmet needs or some unmet issues that are still carrying over into adulthood. But the good news is we have an opportunity to change our life. Now, I want to talk about this aspect of how this superpower exposure translates into business. How has this exposure or how have you being open or having an understanding of Black cultures and Black people worldwide? I mean, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. How does this perspective help you thrive in business? Well, it helps you thrive in business a couple of different ways. First of all, the more you understand yourself, you understand your values, uh, you understand who you are, the more confident you become. It takes confidence to be in business. The more you recognize that your voice matters and what you have to say matters and that people want to see the real you and the authentic you, the more confident you are in terms of presenting yourself. You don't feel like you are an imposter. You being authentic and you being real, people want to understand who you are. That gets them to like you. People got to like you in order for you to do business. And it also helps you to align with your people. Everybody is not for you. I know I'm not built for everybody, but those people that you are built for, when they see you, not only do they gravitate to you, but if you actually are great at what you do, they'll wait for you. When they decide to wait for you, that's when you become premium. Premium is the intersection of greatness an individual that sees the value in what it is that you do, right? They would rather wait before engaging someone else. They'll say, you know what? I'll get my money together and then I'll come back. When we look at, at premium, I look at brands such as Peloton. Peloton, they will have a wait list, but people will wait because they say, you know what? I feel it to be Peloton. I look at premium, I look at Tesla. Tesla, you order the Tesla, people will wait, right? Or I look at brands, you have the new iPhone 13 coming out. Those who are passionate about that, they, you know, I'm not, I don't do Samsung, I don't do that, I only do this, right? Once you've established the narrative in terms of why, the value that you add, right? Once you become a part of someone's wish list. That is at the point in which you have become premium. And that's what this is all about. Mm. That's what it's all about. That's, that's what business is all about. It's all about showing the differentiation and the value, right? Mm -hmm. The only reason why I bought this new iPhone 13, and I promise you the only reason, I saw this video that they talked about cinematic mode on the phone, on the video phone. I was done, but they told me the story. Uh, this is the value proposition, and this is how we differentiate ourselves from everybody else. People need to see it. The problem that, that we have with so many of my clients is that they're so busy doing the work, people don't know they exist. A lot of it comes through word of mouth, things of that nature. Uh, they think if I work hard, I'll get rewarded. No, we're in a different time frame now. If you are not seen, you will be forgotten. 
Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, so much, so many pieces to snap from there. I mean, the whole premium aspect and differentiating yourself so that people will wait for you. That's a thing. And then making sure that you are delivering value. So let me just ask you this. Are there any Black cultures you don't work with? No. Money kids do also. They, I will work if you are great at what you do and you see the value in what I offer and you are in need. I don't care if you blue, red, green, white, purple. I will work with you. But I've made a claim in terms of, but this is who I'm built for. Because I'm not changing. If you can get down with me, I certainly can get down with you. And that is what I wanted to point out, especially for the listeners, because I have had the privilege of watching you, learning from you, admiring and respecting your work. And I've seen the type of people that you have highlighted, Nick. We're talking about, yes, working with everybody, but this show specifically focuses on understanding and Black unity. And imagine if you had that perspective or that view that, okay, these are the only type of Black folks that I am working with. I just imagine how, how limiting. You probably could still thrive and be successful, but how much more could you thrive with the approach that you already have? Meaning that, you know, your understanding of others, your embracing, your acceptance of others has translated to real value in your business, not limiting you, not putting a lid on. And I want everybody that is listening to really take this nugget. You open up your mind and your perspective, and it's not just good for life, but it's good for business too. It definitely is good for business. Because once you open up your mind, you open yourself up to engage with different types of people. What you do is you ultimately begin learning. I know it's amazing. Sometimes I astonish myself about how much I know about various industries, things of that nature. Because not only is it Black people, but it's various, it's coaching, it's authors, it's consultants, it's financial advisors, it's real estate professionals, it's people in government contracting is uh, financial advisors, is lawyers. Like I have worked with them all. And with that, you learn different things mm. and it makes you a well-rounded person by being able and not limiting yourself to the, the type of individual, right? All I've done, all I've done is just niched it down because I've learned that there are riches in niches. I niched it down because what I've learned is that it gives me an angle. And in order to be in this business for a business period, you have to have some sort of angle. I niched it down because I understand who I desire to be around and who I desire to work with and who I think will get me the most. You know, people always judge you, but not look at me as if, who is this crazy Black man, right? but will actually appreciate the value that I have, right? That's the big thing that I've learned is that Black people are different. Don't tell nobody I said this, Mommy. You got to fuss at some Black folk, right? <laughs> Especially those that have had a degree of success who think they know what they're doing, right? You know, I love really important Black people because I love fussing at them because oftentimes they don't know what they're doing in this particular space, right? And so it's a humbling period. 
And it's a process. And I love seeing them go through that process. But if they don't respect you, they'll never listen to you. Yes. Right. If they don't think that you know what you're talking about, they'll never listen to you. And oftentimes I've seen non-Blacks try to work with some of these people and they just scared. And you can't walk into this thing scary. You got to walk into this thing confident and knowing you know what you're doing. And by you doing that, they were like, oh, okay. All right, I got it. Okay. You were saying again? <laughs> <laughs> and I see it all over you, Nick. Like you exude this strength. You exude this presence and this groundedness. And you, you stand for what you stand for, unapologetic. And that's it. That's the end of the sentence. Full that's it. stop. That's it. Full stop. That's it. So I, I want to just thank you for being you because you have given people permission, not just in your words, but in your actions, just watching you, watching you live your life, watching how you demonstrate, how you show up, how you're not afraid to say who you're here to serve. Like that's the sentence and not being afraid to tell people what they need to hear. So I want to thank you publicly on the Bridge to You podcast. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Thank you for being you. And so now before we begin to close, I want to ask you if there's anything that I haven't asked that you'd like to share with the audience. I want everybody to realize this. And this is um, something that far too often I think people fail to realize is that you are an experience. Everything about you is an experience. It's either going to be a good experience, bad experience, a memorable experience, or a forgettable experience. But you are an experience nonetheless, right? That experience comes through your energy. It comes through your words. It comes through your passion. It comes through how you show up. And so understand, if you want to attract people, there are certain people that you are built to serve. You're going to have to get their attention. And a lot of that depends on the energy that you bring into the room, that you bring online. They got to feel you. Now is not the time to be bland. Now is not the time to be background. Now is the time to show up, show out, be great. You know something, say something. You know a thing, you can teach a thing. What can you teach? What can you teach? Add value. People want to hear your voice. Because if you don't use your voice, because you're all about communication, you know this, <laughs> you don't use your voice, someone will either use it for you or you'll just be forgotten. Wow. Nick, goodness gracious. I mean, literally, we have to listen to this at least seven times. They say when you are learning something new, in order for it to sink in, you have to listen or watch or read it seven times, you're going to get something new. So I am encouraging everybody that is listening or watching to go back and listen to this episode seven times. If you're serious about your brand, if you're serious about making an impact, and if you need to find out ways on how to solve bigger problems, the right problem, pivoting into the next problem, you need to listen to this episode again. Nick, where can they find you if they want to get hooked up with you? All day, every day. Brandpreneur.com. That's U-E-R, not E-U-R. Uh, but Brandpreneur.com. At Brandpreneur on Instagram, or you can hashtag Brandpreneur on LinkedIn, and you'll find me. Thank you once again. And until next time, take care and be well.
Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit clairecommunicationsolutions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at Clear Communication Coach. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.